With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. As you may have realized, I watch a lot of sports. That's why I like Prime Video. It has all my sports in one app, like the National Women's Soccer League, included with Prime. Plus, you can buy Premier Boxing or stream the NHL and NBA playoffs on Max with the Bleacher Report Sports add-on or add Paramount Plus for the Masters on CBS. Prime Video. It's all your favorite sports in one place. Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See Amazon.com slash Amazon Prime for details. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Poll question before we get to our good buddy Herm Edwards. More to blame for the Bears' struggles. The quarterback, the coaches, the organization itself. Well, that's a long-term and a short-term answer in there. Herm Edwards, former head coach, college in the NFL. He appears on the new uh, football-themed show Monday Blitz at 3 Eastern on the Mothership, as well as SportsCenter and ESPN Radio as well. Good morning, Herm. Let me start there. Who's to blame for this mess in Chicago? Oh, boy. Um, you can kind of spread it around, I, I think, um, when you look at this football team play. Um, you know, they're, they're still in in the mode of, of trying to re- rebuild uh uh, obviously, their offensive line, defensively, they've struggled the last couple of years. Uh, have a quarterback that's unique in, in, in the sense that um, he's, you know, he's basically, I hate to say this in pro football now, that, that we have RPO quarterbacks. And uh, what you do with them, the style of offense you run with them is very important. I think he made light of it um, in his press conference. I, I think he walked some things back, but but basically, uh, you know, this is what happens in, in pro football a lot. Uh, coaches come in with systems and their system is bigger than the player. Well, if you want to be a successful coach, you have to massage your system around the player's skill set. Yeah, but it feels like we've seen coaches adapt to that, that they know I'm not going to ask you to be different. If I'm coaching Cam Newton, i got to let Cam Newton be Cam Newton or Michael Vick or Patrick Mahomes. And this situation is interesting because usually that third year, you see the quarterback start to make that, you know, progression. Like all of a sudden you go, okay, you're going to make that jump or are you not going to make that jump? But I'm wondering how would you coach how would you coach Justin Fields? Well, obviously I'm I'm going to allow him uh, to use his legs. Uh that's going to be part of the passing game. Uh you know, they 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 tried to do it a little bit last year, uh and I think what they were worried about he ran so much. Uh, you know, he, he ran for over 1,100 yards. I mean, as a quarterback, I mean, that's, you know, those are numbers like you scratch your head at. I, I think our vision of him would be similar to Jalen Hurst, what, what he's been able to do uh, as a quarterback, you know, still has the ability to run, uh, can throw the ball. Uh, he's more comfortable in the pocket now. And and that's the case when you watch Justin Fields. I mean, last week you watched him, he's almost like a statue in the pocket. Uh, decision making, when to get the ball out. You know, he, he struggles with that. Sometimes quarterbacks, their timing, their rhythm, you got to get them going early in the game. And those are the things that I think going into this week, you'll see from Chicago Bears. 
Yeah, but now you got Kansas City. Oh right? boy, you know you you can't yeah, you, beat Green Bay, you can't beat Tampa Bay, and now all of a sudden you got the Chiefs who are fully assembled with Chris Jones and Travis Kelsey. And is he is he just going to go? All right, I'm going back to the way I did last year. I'm just going to run and try to create something here and not stay in the pocket. I think you'll see more of that this week. Um, he'll he'll leave obviously uh, when he feels uh, he he can move the chains. And and I think for quarterbacks like this. And, and you know this, Dan. You've you watched football a long time as well. You got to get them started, you know, early in this game. They've got to see some completions to get them confident. That that's any quarterback. And I think how you design that is very important. Um, his mechanisms, you know, generally you dial up a play and there's always a check down. His check down is his legs. <laughs> okay, if it's not open, you know what? Take off, man. Go ahead. And and um, you know that's why that's what we did with with Jaden Daniels. His freshman year, when he when he played for us at Arizona State, you know, it was like the check down is your legs, man. You know, if it they're not there, go ahead and go. Well, you can do that in college. I you know, I think Justin Fields is trying to out athlete defenses, and you can't do that in, in yeah. college. You can do that at Ohio State. You can do that. You can't yeah. do that. It's not sustainable there. I think that's what would concern me if I'm I'm the Bears. You passed up on. You know, Bryce Young, you know, you traded that number one pick. Here's your guy. And at some point, you're going to have to extend him or you have to move on from him. This will be a big year for them, you know, this season, how he finishes and and, and if he continues to develop, um, they'll be fine. If not, that's the question they're going to have to ask yourself. Yeah. I was wondering if you're Caleb Williams and and you're going, I could go to the Bears or I could go to the Cardinals. Yeah, and you know, and, and, and these quarterbacks have to realize um you get picked number one, you're probably gonna go to a team, you know, that, that didn't win a lot of games. And and that's you can dodge it and say, Well, I'm gonna stay another year. A lot of these guys can because of uh the money they can get for the name, image, and likeness. They stay in college longer. That that that's maybe the good thing about college football. Guys can stay in a little longer if they if they choose to, right? And, oh, or he could pull an Eli Manning and just say, Look, I, I don't wanna go I don't wanna go to your organization. Yeah, that'd be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking to Herm Edwards, the uh, former player, coach, uh, college, and the NFL. How do you explain what Dion has done, and oh, it's, and it's, can it be replicated around the country? There's only one Dion Sanders. There's no doubt about that. Dion's a good friend. Um, I'm enjoying it like everyone else. He's he's brought uh, national attention to his program, along with with a team that is very exciting. Right. He's got some really good players. It's a shame about the kid Hunter. Uh, I thought, you know, the way he was playing, if he continued at this pace, uh, he's got to be talked about as, as a Heisman guy. Who, who does that? Who plays 160 plays uh, in a football game? <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't seen anything like that. I mean, he's a phenomenal athlete, but he's brought national attention, Dion. Um, no matter if you're a Colorado Buffalo fan or not, you want to see these guys play. I mean, it's it's funny. And his son is a tremendous player now. I mean, boy, he can play quarterback now. And, and so it's it's something that's unique. Um, I don't think you can replicate it uh, because there's only one Deion Sanders. Now, what you can replicate is this. He, uh, he understands the portal. He understands there's free agency in college football now, uh, how you build your team. You're going to have to kind of go outside the walls. It's, you know, it, there's free agency. You you have the ability to bring players in. Could you see Dion coaching in the NFL one day? That would be interesting. Um, 
I think his aspirations might be to do that later on. Um, uh, it, it, it would it would be very interesting. To but see, what's the biggest difference with that, Herm? Well, you know, his persona, how he's going about getting these young guys excited and, you know, all the, the rah-rah that's in college football, pro football. And Dion knows this. He was a great player, Hall of Famer. Maybe he's the best corner to ever play the game, in my, my opinion. Um, how you handle that. With, with NFL players, you know, you're going to have an old group of guys. You're going to have some young group of guys that can buy into what he's doing. Yeah. The old group of guys are just going to look, man, I, I don't want to hear all that. Right. <laughs> so, but, but I think he's smart enough to know if he gets to that level, um, he'll handle it. He'll be able to handle it. And I didn't think this would be their year. I thought it would be next year. Um, and now they mm-hmm. go to Oregon. They got USC. Right. How sustainable do you think this is for Dion? Well, I think this, I think, Oregon will be a really be a really good game for them to see where they're at. SC, I believe this. Um, I don't see SC's defense. I don't know if it's improved that much. Yeah. So you can score, and it could be a scoring game against SC, right? I mean, that's that's how you look at it. And SC, it makes no bones. I mean, <laughs> with that quarterback, you could score as many as you want. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> and that offense they have, boy, it's, it's fun to watch too. I mean, you you, you won't be able to sit down. I mean, if, if you go like go get a snack, you might somebody might score a touchdown time you leave and come back, right? But um, this will be an interesting two weeks for him. Where do you put Micah Parsons now as oh. great defenders? Oh boy, not just in the game now, but is he starting to yeah, slip into a, yeah. a, a different category? Yeah. That's the talk. I won't say he is as. I won't say he has taken the throne away from 56 that played for the Giants. You know who that is. <laughs> I was just with him about a month ago. But, but you saw LT, a young LT. Oh, I, he was my era. Yeah. yeah. We played against each other. And, uh, How would you describe was, that? Oh, he wrecked the game. But he physically could wreck the game, too. That's the difference. I see LT was... And it's because he's bigger. He was a big man that could run and could just, you know, elude. But but he was physical. I mean, he could physically dominate you. It was a scary physicalness uh, with LT. And so Michael Parsons is is unbelievable, though. I mean, his ability, 60% of the time, 60% of the time he beats one-on-one. The average in the National Football League is 17%. He's winning at a 60% rate. That's unheard of. I mean, the whole league is at 17. He's at 60. I, I, I don't know. I'd figure out how, where number 11's at. I'd, I'd send two guys at him for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, remember Joe Gibbs did that with LT. He'd yes. make sure that you brought the, you kept the tight end and, you know, you know had Joe Jacoby there. Cause you, yeah. if not, then, you know, you got trouble in the backfield. No, no doubt. But the problem now in football, and you know it, college is is is, is really taking over in the NFL too. Um, you don't see two tight ends hardly anymore. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't see two running backs. I mean, you see three wide receivers, four wide receivers, uh, one tight end, three wide receivers, one back, and that's what you see. They spread you out because if not, the receivers are getting mad, right? You got to deal with these receivers that want the ball every other play. They're seven eleven. They're always open. That's what they tell you on the sideline. Hey, <laughs> coach, I'm I'm open, man. Okay, we'll get you the ball. We get it, right? I was talking about Dan Marino yesterday. I think at the oh, end of boy. end of your career, you faced Marino. Oh, I played against him. Yes, I yeah. played against Dan. Um, I I keep saying he. If I could play the position, I would want mm-hmm. to play the way he played the position. 
because he just he was ahead of his time. What he did, you know, five wide, you know, empty backfield, and let's you know there that's what you have in college, high school, and now some of the NFL teams. Well, look, Mark uh, Duper Clayton, Nat Moore, uh, they had them all. I, I had to cover them. I was trying to cover those guys. <laughs> uh, he's unbelievable at quarterback. Maybe one of the he's in the top three quarterbacks to ever play, in my opinion. Way he got the ball out, his accuracy, his arm talent. I mean, it was just. It, I remember when he came in the league. I said, "Who is it?" We, you know, watching him in college, and all of a sudden you're playing against. Then all of a sudden you got Duper, you got Clayton, you got Matt Moore. I mean, it's like, oh boy, here who are these guys? Right? We had to play them, and we had a great defense in Philadelphia. Yeah. But they they gave us they they gave they made us work. Jimmy Cephalo was in the slot too. Don't forget about Jimmy. Oh yeah. Cephalo. Penn State, Jimmy Cephalo. Yeah, yeah. They had a good crew. Uh, how you doing? You doing all right? I'm good. Yeah. I'm good. Yeah. Traveling on the weekends, obviously, leaving, going back to the mothership, as you mentioned. Yeah. And, uh, in there on Sundays, Mondays, and, you know, a little bit Tuesday and come home. So, we're, but I'm good. My girls are growing up. I, I got one that's a senior now, um, looking at colleges. She's a journalist major. So she's, she's <laughs> in a couple spots, you know. She's tell her to over. tell her to get into another field than that, oh, know. you know. Go, it, go. It's it's too late. It's too late. <laughs> I was watching the video of when you walked off the field when you were told that you got fired. Like we're mm-hmm. talking about those awkward, like Lane Kiffin getting fired right, right, on right, the right. tarmac there. Uh, I mean, what goes through your mind? And somebody is is filming this when you're walking on. Yeah, but you, you know have what? any idea that, that was happening? Well, no, no, and that was more that, that wasn't that, that that's not a, that statement. And people said that you know he talked about I got fired that night. No, okay, no, that wasn't it at all. We 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 always meet there. We always talk. Ad and, and the president. And no, that it wasn't it, that didn't happen like people make make it to be. Well, see, yeah. you you can tell your daughter how the media takes stories, and then they uh, well, they you know, change, it's okay. I, get, I was part of the media. I get it, I get it. <laughs> but imagine if you're Lane Kiffin, where they don't let you get on the bus, coach, and after a loss. Yeah, that, and I'm happy for Lane. You know, Lane was with us in Tampa when he was a young kid. He was the ball boy when we were down in Tampa Bay. <laughs> Monty was Monty was his father. Monty was the coordinator. Um, I was the assistant head coach. Lovey was the linebacker coach. Rod Marinelli was. The D line coach. We had a crew of really good coaches, and then when I left to go to New York, Tomlin took my spot. So Lane was on the sideline as a young kid growing up. I remember Lane when he was, you know, in high school. So did you think at any point that guy would be a head coach? You know, you wondered because because when, when you just watching him grow up, you know, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett was the ball boy up in New York with me, uh, with, with Paul. You know, Paul. I mean, Paul was a. Uh, he was, listen to this, that's how far we go back. I mean, when I went to Cal as a freshman, Paul Hackett was the GA. Grad assistant. Yes, at Cal Berkeley. That's how far I go back with Paul. And then when I wanted to run the West Coast offense in New York, I hired Paul, you know, because he was with Walsh and all those guys. He run my offense with Chad Pennington, right? And Nathaniel and my son were playing. They were like the ball boys. That's <laughs> Boy, you stay in this league long enough, boy, you see it. You know? <laughs> and John Gruden was a ball boy at Notre Dame. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable how it works. Good to talk to you. I guess that's the thing is you got to start out as a ball boy. That's how you become a head coach in the NFL. Just, hey, 
and you know this, Dan, just kind of hang around, and all of a sudden, you know, you just things happen, you know. And uh, <laughs> good, to, good, good to talk to you. Thank you, buddy. Always, my friend. Thank you. That's Herm Edwards. You can see him on the Mothership, new football themed show, Monday Blitz, three Eastern on uh, ESPN. Also appearances on uh, Get Up and Sports Center. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, nine until noon Eastern, six to nine Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. I saw this note, third and short. It is getting that time of the year. It's Miller time. You don't need a watch or a clock to tell you. It's Miller time. Weather gets a little bit warmer. All of a sudden, the beer gets a little colder. It's beer cracking season. It, it, whoa, okay. I don't know if it says that on the calendar. It's a beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters the most. It's a light beer that tastes like beer. That's why I reach for a Miller Lite. And it's less filling. Only 96 calories. They've been doing this since 1975. They have perfected it. You know, that summer afternoon, we're coming into that time of the year, be like, oh, man. Crack one? Yes, or two. Don't look at your watch. Don't look at the clock. Don't look at the calendar. You know. Miller Lite, the great taste, less filling, tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Patrick, or you can pretty much find it anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories. For 12 ounces, fewer calories, fewer carbs than premium regular beer. Miller Lite. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing, and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat that slice of pizza in under 30 seconds? Or I don't know, take over a minute to down a two-liter? Well... If you have, then you're going to love Pick 6. It's the new fantasy game from DraftKings, an official partner of the NBA. Here's how you play it during the playoffs. Pick between two and six players and choose if they will have more or less of a stat. Rebounds, points, assists, and more. Also, you track your picks, play against others for a shot to win at some big cash prizes. Download the new DraftKings Pick 6 app now. Use the promo code DPSHOW for a chance to win huge cash prizes. That's code DPSHOW. Only on DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18-PLUS in most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date list of states, visit dkng.co slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com slash promos. Carolina Panthers can't use their quarterback sneak because Bryce Young is too small. He's 5'10", 204. Uh, Andy Dalton came in on those plays. So, isn't that interesting? He's too small to do what Jalen Hurts does with the Philadelphia Eagles. Does that kind of make sense? Because they're pushing a guy and they're crunching him up, and he's he's slight in comparison to like Jalen Hurts or Fields. Yeah, but I I just figured it was everybody's moving the pile. I feel like I could get two yards behind the Eagles. 
offensive line. Andy, don't. Andy, because you're tall and you're bigger, you get to go in for a couple of plays. First time he goes in, I think they had a false start. All right, let me bring in Andy Staples, covers college football for uh, the uh, website On3Sports. We've been talking about Justin Fields. Take me back to his last year at Ohio State. Was there any real question about him being a pocket passer at the next level? There were always those questions because the the late Dwayne Haskins had had, had some of the same issues coming out of a similar offense. And uh, it was – but you saw Justin – it was more about reading the defense and about what he was asked to do in that offense. And I think that's been sort of a complaint about Ohio State quarterbacks under Ryan Day. Um, Joe Burrow was there, but then left to go to LSU, was running a different offense at LSU. I I think that's, that's going to be the question until one of them kind of breaks out and becomes a success in the NFL is, are they not asked to do the things that they need to do? And the other just obvious thing with Ohio State quarterbacks, their receivers are so yeah. much better than everyone else. There's a different kind of open at Ohio State than somewhere else. Like, I'll give you an example. Brock Purdy's receivers at Iowa State weren't nearly as open as Justin Fields' receivers. at I- So Brock Purdy had to learn to fit it in there. Justin Fields, for the most part, had somebody wide open. But there's been that knock on Alabama quarterbacks for years that, hey, anybody can quarterback at Alabama. You have all those great receivers. But we are getting good quarterbacks coming out of there. Well, at least we had. What yeah. happened with Alabama with this year with these quarterbacks? I, either they've missed on some, haven't developed the ones they have, or both. Because, you know, it, you're right. It used to be, oh, Greg McElroy, A.J. McCarron, Jacob Coker. It doesn't matter. You just put them in there. They're so much more talented than everybody else. All they have to do is not make mistakes. But as other teams got as talented as Alabama and you had to deal with the Clemsons and all that, you did have to have a more talented quarterback. And that's what Alabama did. They changed the way they recruited the quarterback position. They went more dual threat. And they had a historic – think about this. The Jalen Hurts, Tua Bailoa. Mac Jones and Bryce Young in succession. There's not going to be a team in college in 20 years that has that run, that kind of run. And so I think we got a little spoiled with that. And we also got a little spoiled with them having really dynamic receivers. I mean, you think about when they had Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith, Henry Ruggs, and Jerry Judy all at the same time. That's just unfair. It's what Ohio State does to everybody now. But it's also not possible to do year after year after year after year. It was a year ago where Nick Saban kind of complained about NIL. And he was talking to his boosters. He's basically saying, look, we got we to gotta outspend Texas A&M. A&M hasn't cashed in on this. But Alabama, like what's going on here? It's, you know, is it transfer portal, NIL, they're not taking advantage of either one of those like other other schools? No, I don't think it's that because when they've needed to get somebody on the transfer portal like Jamison Williams a couple of years ago, they did. Okay. And, and so they've been able to spot recruit out of the portal. NIL, if they tell their donors, hey, instead of rebuilding the weight room, we'd like you to donate to NIL, they'll do it. They'll do whatever they need to do. But... I do think the market in general has changed. And, you know, Andy Schwartz was an economist who worked with the plaintiffs in O'Bannon versus the NCAA and, and wrote this back back then. 
and said, hey, if all this stuff were to come to be, you'll see the talent spread out more. And I think you're seeing that. I mean, in the class of 2024, Dan, here's a good example. The number one defensive lineman in the country is going to Missouri. He's from Missouri. Missouri has a state law that allows you to start cashing in on NIL deals September of your senior year of high school. So this sort of thing is changing the dynamics. The transfer portal is also changing it. Because remember, if you want to play in the NFL, Matt Castle aside, you got to play in college. So you, you're not going to sit the bench at Alabama or Ohio State or Clemson or wherever for three years waiting when you can go somewhere and star right away. And, oh, by the way, they'll give you an NIL deal. But this, So this isn't a case of Alabama slipping as much as others are moving up, up the ladder? Well, where, where Alabama's different, I think, one, they can't select as well as they could. Have. Like it used to be they could get anybody they wanted. The moment Kirby Smart went to Georgia, that changed. The other thing that's happening with Alabama is the bench of assistant coaches is not that deep. Remember, Nick Saban was losing assistants left and right, but always seemed to have somebody ready who was either in that Nick Saban witness relocation program that Mike Loxley always joked about or had worked there before, gone somewhere else, and was coming back. Well, this time they didn't have that. Like when Bill O'Brien went to the Patriots, they didn't have an OC just ready to pull up, which is exactly what Georgia did this year when they lost Todd Munkin to the Ravens. So they had to go do a national search. They talked to Brian Grubb at Washington. They talked to other people, and they end up hiring Tommy Reese for Notre Dame. But it, Tommy Reese had never worked with Nick Saban before. We don't know how well they work together. In the past, Nick Saban has usually picked somebody he has already worked with and knows exactly what he's going to get out of. Uh Is there any fallout if Clemson and or Alabama don't make the playoffs this year? I don't know if there's any fallout in terms of Clemson is, is probably going to have to, to rethink the way they do some things because while Alabama has adjusted to the changes in college sports, Clemson hasn't. Dabo Sweeney has not wanted to use the transfer portal. I think the first time he used it was last year to get Hunter Johnson, who was a quarterback at Northwestern, who had been a quarterback at Clemson. So he's basically just bringing him back. Uh, they have not filled holes nearly as well because they have not wanted to use the transfer portal because Dabo doesn't believe in that. Well, He's probably going to have to start believing in it. Yeah. We're talking to Andy Staples. He covers college football at uh, On Three Sports. Colorado these next two weekends. How important are these two games for just this season? Well, maybe for the the entire program moving forward. Well, I think they're very important, but it's more about how you show up. It's not necessarily if you win. If you win either one of these games, it is awesome. I it. They will be the biggest story in sports if they can beat Oregon this weekend. But if they can compete with Oregon this weekend, that should tell you they're going to be a monster in the in the next year or so. Because when you revamp a roster the way they did, wholesale changes, you can get skill players out of the portal. But it's very hard to find big guys in the portal. And Oregon has really good players up front, both lines of scrimmage. If they can hang with what they have, They'll be able to get better big guys this next year. And all of a sudden, they'll be competitive with anybody. Now, I went into the, the season before I saw them play thinking, they're, this is a game where they're just going to get their doors blown off. And it may happen because they don't have Travis Hunter. But I've been really impressed with the way they've played schematically. Sean Lewis, the offensive coordinator, was a good head coach at Kent State. 
he's done a good job taking advantage of, of what they do have and hiding what they don't. If they can keep doing that, I think they could be really good in the coming years. And then they've got USC at home after that. But I'm wondering, once again, USC lacking defense. They certainly have offense. But are they a Final Four team with just an offensive-minded team? I think they're better defensively this year. They, they went out and got some guys out of the portal. I, remember I said there's not a lot of good big guys available in the portal, but USC tends to draw the, the, the ones that are. And they got a guy named Bear Alexander from, from Georgia to play defensive tackle. They got Anthony Lucas from Texas A&M who, who plays on the D-line as well. Body types that USC just didn't have before. And most teams in the Pac-12 that aren't Oregon or Utah don't have. So I do think they're going to be considerably better defensively. We'll see when they play Colorado, when they play Notre Dame. But I, I suspect they're better than they were last year. Speaking of Notre Dame, they got Ohio State. Um, how impactful is this game? It's huge. I mean, I, I was talking to, to Mike Golick Jr., who played center for the Irish when they played for a national title in 2012. He said this feels bigger than any of those games. I was talking to some people hmm. at Notre Dame. They said this feels like the biggest game since USC came in in 05 on that campus. And so this is this is huge because they got Sam Hartman now at quarterback, which feels like the piece they've been missing, the thing that that allows that offense to be more explosive. They just haven't had that in the last few years. So if you can beat an Ohio State, you can absolutely beat anybody in the country. And I do think with this schedule, if they split Ohio State and USC and are competitive in the one they lose, they could still make the 14 playoff at 11-1. Have a great weekend, Andy. Always great to catch up with you. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Andy Staples covering college football for On3 Sports. We'll take a break. We'll check in with the mess that is the Chicago Bears after this. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask? Along with my fellow Pro Bowler, TJ Hushmanzada, and Super Bowl champion, yep, that's right, Plexico Burris. You can only name a show with that type of talent on it, Up On Game. We're going to be sharing our real-life experiences loaded with teachable moments. Listen to Up On Game with me, LeVar Arrington, TJ Hushmanzada, and Plexico Burris on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts from. There's This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise set several generations after the last installment in which apes are the dominant species. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike and embark on a journey that will redefine the planet. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX, now playing and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. I want to thank our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. Panini America has everything you need. A premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL and NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. If you're looking for rookie sensations, they've got that. How about timeless legends? They've got that. Panini America also breaking new ground on NIL. 
featuring the biggest names. Caitlin Clark's in there, Angel Reese, J.J. McCarthy, Michael Penix Jr., and so many more. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net. Some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out their most popular brands. they got Prism, Select, Donruss, and so many more. And you got Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen, such as Draft Night Instance. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Dan Patrick Show. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat. There was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what, too? It's funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find. That's not just a household item. Wow, you know I haven't even thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you can also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. So many interesting baseball stats this year. Kyle Schwarber is one of my favorite players. Not because I think he's good. He's just fascinating. He went 0 for 3 with a strikeout in the Phillies' win over the Braves. He's the first player to strike out 200 times in back-to-back seasons since Chris Davis did it in 2015 and 2016. Congratulations! (laughs) (laughs) Stat of the day, stat of the day, here comes... Stat of the day, yeah, stat of the day, stat of the day, here comes the stat of the day. Stat of the day brought to you by Panini America, the official trading cards of the Dan Patrick Show. Josh Schrock covers the Bears for NBC Sports Chicago. He joins us now. Boy, you had a day yesterday there, Josh. When did you know that it was a mess when you showed up at the facility? Uh, I'd say about 90 seconds after Justin Fields took the podium and it was clear that he had a lot of things on his mind and a lot of things to say and uh, things just snowballed from there. They just they just kept going until about seven o'clock at night. So it was a bizarre and very weird day at Hallis Hall and one that will probably define this team. But I wonder about the tweet that was sent out and Mm -hmm. it stopped with just he blames coaching and then we didn't add anything else to that tweet. So we had to wait to really find out the context of that. If he, you flip it around where he takes blame and then he mentions the code, like, like it just felt like if he handled it differently, then this isn't an, a big deal. Do you agree? Yeah. 
I, I agree. I think Justin is a very smart kid, and I think he clearly went to the podium yesterday with an idea of what was being said about him and how things are going, and he wanted to get out in front of some of the issues, and he starts with it could be coaching and then proceeds to say it's also on me. But, look, he was very critical of the staff, and I think he meant what he said. He was direct, confident. He didn't torch them, and I think he went to the practice field and then got off and saw everyone just running with the one thing and was like, wow, okay, I need to backtrack because it's a quarterback's unwritten law that I don't just come out and blast everyone. So he wants to make it clear that he does blame himself, but everything he said, he meant. Okay, but if you look at this situation, how do you troubleshoot this if you're the Bears, front office, coaching staff, and Justin Fields? Well, I think they could have helped themselves a lot if they had understood their personnel better. Like a job of a good coordinator and a good coach is to know your player's strengths and to game plan around what they do best, not game plan around what you want to do. And anyone who's watched the Bears through the first two games can tell you that's not the offense they should be running. That's not the offense that made Justin special last year. Uh, so that's where they could have started. And that was about two months ago. But as of now, they need they need to scrap everything. They need to scrap the Aaron Rodgers-esque offense that Luke Getzey wants to run, and they need to listen to what Justin's saying and just do what he does best. Four quarterback design runs in two games is not nearly enough. They've really cobwebbed the vertical passing game, except the two drives they scored against Tampa. They need to do what this offense was built to do. They told us it's built around mobility, it's built around vertical passing, and then they just completely disregarded all of that for the first two weeks and have made Justin think too much. And play pretty poorly. And he owns some of that blame, but they need to scrap everything. They need to scrap the game plan, and they need to do what makes him comfortable because that's the only way they're going to win. But the big question is still going to be, can he beat you from the pocket? Right. When it's all said and done, he, he was a curiosity. It was fun to watch. They don't win. But are are you okay with that? If you're a Chicago Bear fan, would you rather just be entertaining and maybe you're not going to win games? Or can you try to... Are they trying to make him something that he's not? Therefore, you're going to lose games either way. Justin says they're not. I think what he was getting at yesterday was what he's good at and what they want him to do do not align at the moment. And they need to find a way to mesh the two. He's he's not trying to say, I don't want to play from the pocket. But what he's saying is, I don't want to just stand there like they're telling me to do and go one, two, three, pause, wait, make sure it's good, and then get out. I need to still play free. And right now he's thinking way too much because he wants to do everything that they tell him to do by to a T, and that's just not that's not going to work at this level, Dan. Like, it's clear against the Bucks, he was freezing, his brain was locking up, and it led to a lot of mistakes. He missed open receivers. He admitted the strip sack was – that was what happened, right? He's like, I would have been out of there last year, but I'm just trying to do what they're telling me. So they need to figure out a way – to get him to play from the pocket, but also utilize that athleticism. And they need to roll the pocket. They need to not make it so, hey, everything is just straight drop back behind a bad offensive line and try to make it work. Yeah, because there were a couple of reads against Tampa Bay where you're going, I got two guys open. <laughs> yeah. And, and he was freezing. Yep. Um, but he might just be one. He might be like Cam Newton, that you just say, look, do it how you need to do it for as long as you can do it. And then we saw what happened. Cam fell off a cliff. He couldn't play anymore. Um, he got him to a Super Bowl. Yep. But, but I, you know, and, and I was just talking to Andy Staples, who covers college football, and he said, you know, the, there were questions about Justin Fields when he was in college at Ohio State that you didn't have to do much because your receivers are so good. Ryan Day, offensive-minded head coach. And, you know, you're not reading as much. Now in the NFL, 
you do have to go through your progressions, or at least right. most of the elite quarterbacks, and then you have Kansas City coming up this weekend. It just feels like this is Justin Fields is going to put on the cape and go out there and try to be Justin Fields of last year. Yeah, and honestly, at this point, Dan, the offensive line is so banged up, and they're making so many mental mistakes offensively. The receivers are running the wrong routes. They're standing next to each other. The only way this is going to even have a chance to be successful on Sunday against a team that's much more talented than they are both sides of the ball is for Justin to just be Superman like he was last year and try to will them to 30 points. Um, I think your point about you know Cam Newton, yeah, I mean, that might end up being – what Justin is, I think he's been put in a horrible spot to start his career. He's had no continuity. He's had, you know, Matt Nagy, now Luke Getze, and no one's engineered anything around him. You think about what Greg, Mo- Greg Roman did with Lamar Jackson, right? Where it was like, okay, let's just, let's just package what you do well. We'll make you successful. You win an MVP. And now Todd Munkin's building on that. They've gotten him weapons yeah. and he was able to progress as a quarterback. Justin's not had any of that. And. I mean, honestly, things are things are spiraling right now for the Bears. And like I said, it, it kind of reeks of Nagy Trubisky 2.0, right, where Mitch got benched. And and then he came out and started talking freely about the scheme issues and how he was uncomfortable. And to Justin's credit, he knows this is this is his career. And he has to get out in front of this and say, hey, yeah, I'm playing bad. Part of it's on me, but part of it's because I'm just doing what I'm told. And it needs to change. And they had all of this unfolding. And then your defensive coordinator resigns yesterday. Do we have any more information on why he decided to step away for his health and to be with his family? The situation remains incredibly murky. Uh, It was even murkier yesterday when the Bears released a one-line statement that said he resigned, Dan. I mean, you know, even when people fire executives or coaches, it's always, we thank you for your service. We appreciate the time. You'll be a, you know, a bear for life. It was none of that. It was, hey, he's gone. So something else is going on, I think, other than health, because if it was just health and family, they would have wished him well and said, you know, he can come back anytime if he wants. And that's clearly not the case. They've already taken him off the website. Yep. I mean, they're they're scrubbing any any remnants of of him. Distancing themselves. And just the rumors that are out there. Yeah. I mean, that's the word. The only reason we know he resigned is because of those rumors and social media, because otherwise the Bears were really content on keeping it. Hey, we don't have an update. He's not here for now. Great appearance, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Have fun today. (laughs) I always do, Dan. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Josh Schrock. Bears insider, NBC Sports Chicago. You know, you get a team, all you want is a team that has some kind of storyline there. Give me some drama. Hey, we're really good or we're really bad. That's all you want if you're going to be a beat writer, beat reporter, local radio. Just give me something. Well, the Bears gave you that. Congratulations. Uh, Jim in Ohio. Hi, Jim. What's on your mind today? Hey, Dan. Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for coming to um, Cincinnati for the book signing. Yep. Um, we, I think everybody enjoyed your wit, humor, and stories. I want to, first of all, I want to clear up something, then I have a quick question for you. Um, I'm the one that drew that caricature. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. And I did not intentionally make you look like Anderson Cooper and Harry <laughs> I I didn't have a lot of time to get that ready. (laughs) I usually take a couple weeks to think about it, sketch it out. So I would like to redeem myself and send another one. This time I want to include the Dan Etson. All right, sure. 
Yeah, it, I got so, lipstick on. I look like Harry Carey and, and Anderson Cooper if they had a child, and I have bright red lipstick on. Well, I, I have to redeem myself because that was not a my, my intention whatsoever. And I do like you. I've been uh, following sports for 50 years. My four favorite broadcasters, you're one of them. So oh. um, I do admire uh, your job and what you have brought to the sport. Well, thank um, you, Jim. I appreciate that. I think I might be fourth. Top four, though. Yeah. You made it. Yeah. That's Mount Rushmore. Yeah. Okay. Top four. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Who do you think the other three are? No, I don't know. Don't you want to it know? It doesn't though? matter. No. Yes, you do. Uh, uh, Jim, uh, is Jim still there? Yeah. Uh, okay, uh, real quickly, who are your other three, Jim? <laughs> uh, Marty Brenneman. Okay. Red's okay. announcer. Harry Carey. Pat Hughes. Uh, yeah, and you. Oh, okay. You All right. Well, thank you. Thank you, Jim. That's good All company right. right there. So Pat Hughes does the uh, Cubs, and then Marty Brenneman, Hall of Famer, and then uh, Harry Carey. That is good company. Yeah. <laughs> good for you, Dan. Thank you. Thank you. If Anderson Cooper and Harry Carey had a child, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> and wait, you guys are going to get a portrait done of you. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. It'll be the Steelers and the Raiders. Sunday night football festivities start on NBC and Peacock at 7 Eastern. More phone calls coming up. Update the poll results. He's our good buddy, Chris Long, inside the NFL analyst. He'll be joining us coming up in a little bit with the host, Ryan Clark, and uh, Channing Crowder, Jay Cutler, Chad Ochocinco, and Chris Long. So he'll be joining us here coming up as well. Did we get a further update on the hit by Minka uh, with, uh, with Chubb? I haven't seen anything about any fines or anything like that from the league. Um, and no real, no more details from the Browns. Because I wondered, now you're getting people, you know, it's hard to look at the hit because ESPN didn't replay it. You're seeing some on social media, but I don't know if the NFL has looked at this. And uh, the question is, you know, was it a legitimate hit? Minka Fitzpatrick said that, um, uh, I would say, one, they've never tackled Nick Chubb before. And they're telling me to go high, too. What uh, I seen was it opened up its goal line. I didn't see anybody on him. I made the decision as soon as I seen the hole open up and him in the hole to go low. You can tell me how to tackle him low, but it's a fast game. It's a game where you make decisions in milliseconds. Can't really control what happened after you choose to make your decision. I already chose to go low. Somebody got uh, on his back when I was going low and what happened, happened. There's nothing I would do differently. Again, I said earlier, it's unfortunate. Nick Chubb's a great player. He makes the game a lot better when he's playing. Just hope for a speedy recovery. There's, there's been this push for if a, a player is already engaged, that you can't go low when somebody has him up top. It just happens so quickly. I, I know that we want to... We want to look at these isolated incidents and say, oh, okay, then he shouldn't have gone low. He should have seen that somebody had him up top. It happens so quickly. And you're in the middle of all of this. I just can't imagine what it's like to be a defensive player anymore. 
that no matter what you do, it feels like you're not doing it the right way, you're not doing enough. Like, it's up to you to safeguard all the offensive players. These guys are trying to make a living. They're trying to take you down. And Minka Fitzpatrick, who got hurt, they took him to the hospital on that tackle. Um, Can he see that Nick Chubb is engaged up top, and therefore he shouldn't have gone low? If he wasn't engaged, then he could have gone low? Yeah, Paulie. I've watched a few replays and a few pictures that cut short when Nick Chubb, where his knee collapses. Minka's going pretty low. He's being wrapped up. Chubb is being wrapped up by 55. And Minka is almost on the ground himself. And he goes shoulder to knee. Yeah. Like, I don't think he had the intentions of doing taking breaking his knee. But he is very low. Well, if you've tried to tackle Derrick Henry, are you going to go up top? No. Like, Jerome Bettis. You're going low, and that's the only way you get these guys down. And these guys outweigh these defensive backs by 50 pounds, some of these running backs. And they're running at you. Um, I, I just, it's tough to be a defensive player in the NFL. By the way, Deion Sanders uh, did an interview with Taylor Rooks. I'll have some of those comments coming up. Because Deion, Deion's on fire. He is, he is live at the improv, man. He cannot do any wrong. Our good buddy, Chris Long, inside the NFL analyst and former NFL defensive end, won a Super Bowl. Uh, what did You won a couple of Super Bowls, didn't you? Did you win yeah, the Patriots got, and Eagles? Got a little lucky at the end there, Dan. Okay. Yeah. Uh, where are yeah, the rings? Good to see you. Uh, the rings are in a, a safe. You know, the rings are like, they're only for team events, you know, like uh, NFL honors, that sort of thing. I'm the type that would lose my Super Bowl ring, so they stay in the safe. This is what I proposed years ago, that yeah. we, we should have a ring and then inside the ring. Like, you can wear it almost like a class ring from yeah. high school. Yeah. So it's medium size. It's not gaudy, but it still represents something you did with your team. Then you can I bring like out that. the show ring if you want to, but mm-hmm. this gives you the, hey, there's my high school graduation ring. I kind of like that. I'd like to have four rings. You know, feel like Robert Ori or one of these guys that stacked a bunch of them up. But yeah, yeah, I got lucky there at the end, Dan. It was uh, was a good little run. Good to talk to you again. What's it like being on a bad team? Wow. The hard-hitting questions right off the bat. It's so funny, Dan. I I was watching. It's not funny, not for the people of Chicago, but I was watching the Bears. And, you know, that game against Tampa, I feel like I've been in that game a 100 times in eight years in St. Louis. I mean, one and 15, two and 14, you know, the height of our, our run there was seven and nine. Um, and that, that Chicago team feels a lot like teams that I was on, you know, when you, you gather a little bit of hope, you go through camp and camp is tough because you got these old vets. And especially when I got in the league, it was the old CBA. So you had a bunch of old guys who had seen it all, you know, they were a little bit hardened and they were going to be honest with you about how the team looked today. I think in camp, it's all feel good. Everybody's got hope. It's a bunch of young players. You don't know in camp if you've only been in for like four years if your team sucks. And back in the day, I think we had a pretty good pulse on that. So it was like a, a mind game, you know, as, as the years went on of how can I trick myself into believing that we have a shot to do this? And the hardest part is it's not like the NBA. It's not like the MLB when you're going to, you're going to suck. You get on the team plane, you go to dinner. You have fun on the road. I'm not saying these guys are having fun when they're winning 20 games in the NBA, but it's a lot easier than an NFL player who's going to put his body on the line every Sunday and knowing that, like, 
if you turn on your TV and you're an Arizona Cardinal, you're drafting Caleb Williams, according to guys like myself and everybody else. And sometimes I think we make it a little bit too simple when it comes to like punting on a season. So it can be really hard. Every Sunday, it's like taking the field and knowing we're probably going to lose, but you got to go out there and kind of, I don't know, you hope to be the guy that jumps off the tape. If anybody's watching, you know, because nobody's watching on TV, but somebody's going to be watching next week in the All-22. If anybody's watching, if anybody cares, I'm going to be the guy that jumps off the tape. What did you see in the Minka Fitzpatrick hit on Nick Chubb? So at first, Dan, you know, because it's all slow motion in, in the, and I heard your take that, you know, they should have showed it. Um, that stuff doesn't, doesn't bother me because, you know, like, listen, it's happened to my friends. I've seen it in person. It's hard to make me squeamish, but they do show the slow motion. They don't go full speed. The angle was kind of from the right sideline. So you don't see Minka's approach at full speed. And initially, even as a defensive player who albeit saw the game from the front and never had to make those plays. Okay. Uh, I was like, Hey man, people are saying Minka has a track record. He's just doing it. He's going for it. He's just going low and he's got to know that linebackers there. But, uh, as I slept on it and I woke up to do inside the NFL and Ryan Clark was there and I was reading through his Twitter and he's going back and forth with Nate Burleson. I'm kind of like, do I disagree with the host here? You know, uh, me and Ryan didn't talk about it, but I just got on all 22 and, and took a closer look and I, I do not think it was dirty. And the thing that, because for you to prove that something's dirty, it has to be uh, with malicious intent, intent to injure. Um, you can say that it's an imperfect situation for running backs in the NFL. We talk about this all the time. I mean, it's a tough job, and this is why. You can say that it's tough for defenders. You know, they've, they've legislated where you can hit a guy, the whole thing. But I think the the most compelling argument for me is I'm texting guys and calling guys that I play with on the back end who are, the furthest thing from dirty players, people that I respect greatly, and they're like, listen, man, not dirty at all. It's the four-yard line. we got to get this guy down. He's not seeing that backer who almost simultaneously jumps on Chubb's back. I saw comparisons to a defensive lineman being high-load. Not true. I mean, a defensive lineman being high-load in today's game is it's vindictive. That's the only way you high-low somebody. I mean, it, it's so easy to hurt somebody doing that. Even back in my dad's day, he used to tell me about, hey, when the the 290 pound guards were getting thrown around by He-Man out there and they were tired of Howie Long, they would high low him and it was a dirt bag thing to do. Now, the difference is this, when a running back is turning his feet, statistically speaking, it's really hard to to hit that guy at the right time and injure him even if you were trying because his feet are up and down. If you're if you're anchoring in a four technique, both your feet are planted, you're stationary and there's no expectation of that happening. Guys, guys do this all the time. I watched the tape 23 Kazee for the, for the Steelers made a play at the beginning of the fourth quarter early in the game. It happened a couple times in that game alone. So I'm just not comfortable calling a guy dirty. You know, that's a heavy accusation. I've seen dirty plays. You want to talk about dirty? Go back to the college football landscape last week. It's not worth death threats. I think that thing was ridiculous. I think I heard y'all talking about Dion. I think he's just been brilliant at the podium, the voice of reason, the adult in the room, but this was not a dirty play. Uh, on Monday night, in my opinion. And it took me a second, I'll admit. And today, I think the landscape is when you get online, you get on X, you get on the X machine, you're so afraid to step out and say, yeah. hey, guys, I don't see it that way because, you know, the compounding effect of everybody's opinion is the people who know will be afraid to be called that same thing, and it's not worth them to speak up. 
And I learned that in, in reaching out to a few DBs and a wide receiver who said the same thing. Talking to Chris Long inside the NFL, the uh, host is Ryan Clark, Channing Crowder's there, Jay Cutler, Ocho Cinco, every Tuesday at 8 Eastern on the CW, and stream the episode the next day on CWTV.com and the CW app. Is there anybody that you still harbor a grudge against that you played against? Not really. I was talking about this the other day. You know, there was a guy named Anthony Davis in uh, San Francisco, and we outwardly didn't like each other. You know, he was younger. I got the best of him a few times, and I'm sure somewhere he's sitting there uh, with his feet kicked up like, you bringing this up again? I'm good. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, it was really hard for me. Breno Giacomini, a guy who played in that Tom Cable offense in Seattle, and it was so physical, and he'd hit you late, and he'd dump you, and that group would do borderline dirty stuff. But for the most part, when I got off the field and I was done, I was done with it. Um, it takes a lot to harbor a grudge like that. My grudge is more against teams that we just couldn't seem to beat, you know, and I try not to let it affect my analysis. And I think I've done a pretty good job of it because I picked the San Francisco 49ers to be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> I've been complimentary of the of the Seahawks. The thing that I've had the hardest time with, Dan, and maybe you could help me out, is fan bases are extremely sensitive about their teams and they think it's personal. And, you know, like uh, I'll be breaking down the Falcons and I'll be like, hey, they're a good team. Desmond Ritter has to catch up. And I got a hundred Falcons fans in my mentions, like, you know, you're a hater. You hate us. I don't hate you. Um, why, I'm not a why do you guy. read them? Why do you read them? Because we're a, a growing podcast. So at this point, you know, you're Dan Patrick. You know, like you don't need to read your comments. You don't need feedback. Your show's been yeah, going for a long time. Yeah, but don't let them change your opinion. And if they you... don't, they don't. De Desmond Ritter needs to catch up. I'm saying it again on the, <laughs> the Dan Patrick show. But I like to read because you know sometimes the comments are actually constructive. They're like, "We like this. We need timestamps on the YouTube video. Maybe more of this. Why didn't you talk about the Cardinals today? Well, why don't you only... have somebody who goes through? Have your That's mom a good idea. or your I'm... wife go <laughs> no, through? No. And and no, you don't want your wife. No. <laughs> but have somebody who goes through it and then filters and just says, hey, here's thing. This is what the Danettes do. They Congratulations, Matt, in the back of the room, one of our producers here. I don't have a cool name Promote for him. like the Danettes. Yeah. But Matt, you get to go through all the YouTube mentions and aggregate the opinions. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Matt, Congratulations. Matt just got promoted. What's He's your like Dan Patrick? What's your story that you're going to tell your uh, kids about Tom Brady? A few. I think, you know, first and foremost, uh, I, I got a lot of respect for the guy. You know, like, I'm not just saying that. I don't have to well, say that. Well, don't give us I've, any cheesy stuff. I've been, no, I've been critical of him when, when he's, you know, ninja kicked defensive backs after interceptions. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know if it's a New England quarterback thing with Mac Jones and him where they, they're a little bit. But it, it, I think Tom Brady was one of the nicest, most down-to-earth teammates I had. And I, I truly think he's a good person. He has a good heart. Uh, and when I got into New England, you have to – somebody's a leader on a team like that. It can be really good or it can be really disruptive because your good players, they set the tone. And if, if it's not a great guy – you know, that can, that can, that can kind of poison a locker room, even if you don't realize it. When I walked into the building, you know, I'd played nine years, uh, on a lot of bad teams, had had a good run, but I didn't expect that Tom Brady knew much about me. And, you know, of course I walk in, he's passing me in the hallway. We're on the way out to walk through and I, I say, Tom, nice to meet you. I'm Chris, you know, appreciate you. Um, and he goes, 
And he's actually there. I was coming up to introduce myself, Chris. I just wanted to welcome you here. You know, I've, I've enjoyed watching you play. We're happy to have you. And I saw him repeat that interaction with four or five guys that were new kind of veteran additions in that locker room. I saw him treat the janitor the same way that he'd treat, you know, Bill. I saw him treat the guy in the parking lot the same way that he would treat uh, Josh McDaniels. I really do believe you can judge somebody on how they treat the person in the building who you need the least from. And I saw him on many occasions do that. And I also saw him turn into uh, hell on wheels on the sideline, which you need to be sometimes. And I think some people see him slamming a tablet and they want to point the finger at him and say, you know, bad teammate or whatever. That's leadership sometimes. And you can say it's not the, the packaging you like or he looks like a, a baby sometimes. But sometimes you got to be that guy. And I thought he possessed the the ability to do both, be that pick you up guy, have fun, but also the guy could jump down your throat and strike the fear of God and the wide receivers. But then you have Belichick. Doesn't say too much. Nah. <laughs> uh, Chris, that's uh, good to see you. All right. yeah. uh, good game. <laughs> I love Bill. I love Bill, Dad. I, I, I can't help but love Bill. How do you love Bill? There, what do you? What's there to love? A lot. The guy's got hobbies that are like quirky he likes like uh boats and lacrosse and you know like he likes his dog it's just kind of like disarming that the dude who you know you thought for a long time was maybe darth vader has this kind of soft side and if you get bill to laugh i mean you just it, it, i used to go through the hall and just try to make bill laugh you know not in a kissing up way but i just wanted to see him smile because you know when he just breaks character for a second that upper lip moves just a little bit and you're like Hey, we did it. Today. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We used to love, yeah. Like we used to love that, but I, you know, I love bill because he was honest and so many coaches in the NFL will not shoot you straight. Even if they're going to fire you in two weeks, they'll, they'll be afraid to tell you that to your face in their office. Um, I had two coaches like that. I remember when I was, when I was unhealthy at the end of my career in St. Louis, Greg Williams pulled me in his office and I was like, Hey, I want to be out there on third down. And I'm thinking in my head, like a competitor, and he's like, you're not good enough right now. You're not healthy enough. I love you, but that's a disservice to the other guys. And and hmm. and it took that. It took hearing the honesty. And the same thing with Bill, you know, being honest with me at different turns in the road. Uh, and another thing I love about Bill is this, Dan. It's a little bit off the beaten path for a fan. But when we travel as NFL players, whether you're a 10-year vet, a 14-year vet, a rookie, chances are these coaches are going to put you back in coach ironically. Uh, and the coaches, the little 5'10 guys, well, I don't want to say 5'10, maybe the 5'7 guys, some of the quality control guys, they, their little feet are kicking you know, above the ground. Not, they don't need all that leg room. Uh, and they're up there watching all 22, having a soda. And we're in the back, and we just played 60 plays, and I'm cramped between Jordan Mailata and Lane Johnson. Okay, But when we were in New England, Bill put all the guys that he could up in the front, Bill sat and coach. So, you know, you think about that's just a little anecdote about the guy. Um, I, I loved his honesty. I love the fact that he respected his players. And uh, and I've texted him since, and you'd think I was just there for a year, played a role, um, left in free agency. Maybe, you know, maybe he'd be happy about that or maybe he'd hold a grudge. Uh, but he's actually, you know, we've talked from time to time. And one time I complimented him on that very travel deal. And I got a text out of the blue from Bill that was like, I appreciate you commending our travel, Chris. <laughs> and uh, it just made my day. I just, I'm a big Bill fan. And yeah, you can say the personnel decisions haven't been great, but 
I really think there's a good football team in there, and I would almost go as far as saying that's the best 0-2 team in the league if that's a distinction you want to own. Good luck with Inside the NFL. My uh, best of the family as always, and thanks for joining us. Thanks, Dan. Great to see you. That's Chris Long, Inside the NFL analyst, and uh, you can watch every Tuesday at 8 Eastern on the CW. Stream the episode the next day on CWTV.com and the CWM. We've known him a long time when he was at Virginia. When he first uh, got out, I remember talking cars. Didn't he have like a Cadillac Eldorado? Yeah, or some big Impala or something. Yeah, I remember that uh, we've known him a long, long time. Yeah. I just want to say thank you for complimenting me, uh, coach, sitting in coach. He's sucking up to Belichick and Brady. I think you kind of got to, though. Do you? Uh, I think if you I think if you get to New England and Tom is right there and Bill's walking down the hallway, you're... Mm-hmm. Okay. Try. I could see. I could see the uh, like appeal of trying to get Bill Belichick to break character. Oh, uh, definitely. That uh, th- using the term "break character" was perfect. Absolutely. I totally get that. If you could get that dude to laugh, that's a good day. But doesn't he strike you as he's going to laugh, and it's going to be an awkward laugh? Like he would be like, <laughs> or like laugh at the wrong time. You're like, no, that wasn't the funny <laughs> <Yeah>. part yet. Got to crack muscles in his face somehow. <laughs> At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. All right, everybody, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You've already talked about that. But there's just so much more good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much more to get. You can get unique stickers. You can trade with friends to compete uh, albums for big prizes. There's cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. I was always a uh, battleship guy. You know, you get those pieces like there was the hat, there was the shoe. Oh, same. There was the. I was always a battleship guy or the car. You know what? Too is funny about a battleship. It's one of the only uh, Monopoly pieces that you find that's not just a household item. Wow, you know I even mean? thought about that. Yeah, most people oh, wow. don't have a battleship at home, but you have a car, you have a hat, you have a shoe, you have uh, all those things. Anyway, you could also get hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. That's always fun. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their own unique mini games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachenko Machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 